Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Kindred Spirits Podcast. You have your host, John. Uh, uh, co-host Ted is somewhere else. We're, we're, I'm rolling solo today, and we have with us Julia Rotter, the Washington Spirit. Julia, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I believe you are the second, pl- you're the first player interview this year. Last year, I think I talked to all of your teammates in the course of like every consecutive week I was talking to one of them. And I think your comms person at the time was like, we got to let's slow it down. This is too many. This is too many interviews. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you taking time to, to talk to us. So what's first questions first. Uh, how, how was the knee doing? How are you feeling? Uh, I think the last time we talked to Chris, he said it was not a major thing. How are you feeling? Yeah, I think it's still like getting better. Like I'm not fully with the team training, but I'm still like doing a lot of things on the field. So hopefully soon I'll be joining the team. I was glad that it was not serious. I didn't want to have a, I think that would have been the first victim of Segra turf that we've had. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that it's, I'm glad that it's not something super long-term. And I definitely, yeah. as it, as it happened, I was like, man, I don't, at the time this was, this was a game at Segra during the international window where mm-hmm. all the U S national team players were gone. I would say depth was being tested. And I think, yeah. I think, I, I think I was like wing back is, Wing back and forward are the two places really we can't have anybody go down. And then they, and then you came off before halftime. I was like, yeah, not outstanding. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're on your way to recovery. Thank you. So let's start, uh, at the start for you. Uh, you played in the U S, uh, for your college career at Wisconsin, Florida Gulf coast before Mm -hmm. heading back for a couple for, for a medium stint in Sweden. I will not be attempting to say the team names because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want (laughs) to bother anybody, hurt your feelings or hurt (laughs) the country of Sweden in any way. So two different clubs, one, one, uh, one very large size club in Sweden. Um, What was the U S college level like for you? And did you feel coming out of that, that you were prepared to compete right away on the professional level over in Sweden? Yeah, I think it was a good level. And Coming to Sweden after that, I felt like I was prepared. And I think, like, the college experience was really good for me. Having, like, trainings in the morning and then, like, we had school and then, like, more studying after that. And I think that just whole experience for four years was really good to come into, like, playing professional back home in Sweden. I think it's funny that you started in Wisconsin. You're like, I would actually prefer... Florida. I lived in Sweden. I'm going to try Florida instead. Was that a, was that a, I assume that was about playing time, but I think it probably had a little bit to do with like, I think I've made a, an error here in my choice where I'm going to the United States. No, definitely. Like you're right on it. I thought that I still, as a freshman played a lot at Wisconsin, but I think just when in that age, I think I was just like, I want a new experience. Like I don't want to be in the cold weather, kind of like similar to Sweden, very like the climate was very similar. And we had some family friends down in Fort Myers. So I transferred there and like, I had a really good experience in Florida and I, I got like good soccer combined with like a good culture experience. So I think that like really made me grow as a person. And I enjoyed my years at Wisconsin, but also I think it fit me better being Florida. Yeah, I don't think too many people have complaints about their college career in Florida. I think it's I think it's universally both on the field and off the field. I think it's a positive yeah, experience. For sure. Um, so you played Champions League, you've won the title in Sweden, and then you had 2021 in Washington that had thrown besides the title, more curveballs I would assume than you've ever seen before in your playing career. 
I've talked to a lot of the players about how they felt during the craziness and they all had stories about like, you know, moments where they just sat like, this is really our life right now. This is kind of insane. You've played in the champions league. You've won the title in Sweden. You've won the title here in the U S but you've also had more curveballs thrown at you than you will likely have ever had before. And I talked to a lot of the players last year about how they felt during the craziness, how they would say, I can't believe this is actually my life right now. And I can't believe we're actually doing X or Y. And do you have any particular absurd moments that you look back to and are like, yeah, wow, that really did happen in my life. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just kind of like a crazy year. Like even I came in late to like joining the team because I had some visa issues. So I think like the start was just like tough. (laughs) And then I wasn't here a lot in the spring because we had some national team things too, kind of right away. So, and then I left for the Olympics and a lot went down. I came back and kind of like tried to just like get to know people because I felt like I was still new in the team. And then, like, the ownership was just, like, kind of going crazy, too. But I feel like I don't have any, like, particular, like, moments where I felt like it's crazy. I, I just felt like I, we as a team and me, myself, was, like, focusing on the soccer and didn't really, like, I didn't really put myself into, like, too much that was going on. So I think that helped just, like, focusing on one thing and not really, like, focusing on the bad stuff (laughs) i would imagine too you were hearing a lot of this the same way the fans were because while you were you were overseas or you were at the olympics like probably have a google or like oh man that (laughs) they they did that yeah well anyway i'm i'm I'm, i think that that's probably the way to do it it's probably the way to stay sane is not really you know immerse yourself in the stuff you can't control yeah um to the on the field part uh i you have been a swiss army knife for chris ward Probably through your career, that's sort of uh, your positional versatility, I think, is always talked about anytime you're brought up, either in the national team picture or or, or here or in college. Uh, do you have a stated preference, which is, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're on the field is the stated preference, but do you have a position that you feel like you're, that's your best spot on the field? I would say in a three, five, two, like I like to be a wing back on the left side. Like that's where I think I did my best season in Gothenburg. Like before I came to the States, we played a three, five, two. Uh, But I also felt that the league, like we were a dominating team. So being a wing back was really fun because we had the ball a lot in my team. Uh, I think playing like that here in this league would be very tough. So I prefer now, like, being in a four-back, too. Um, I was speaking earlier about the national team, particularly last year. You said the, the Olympics were, were were at play. This year you've had uh, a, a few opportunities. Um, three, I think three appearances this year with assists in two of them. Uh, which is mm-hmm. which is a great assist rate. You're you're sort of a, a scoring machine. That's a guy that should uh, that should ensure more appearances in the in the, in the coming year. And the finish first in the Algarve Cup. Um, you started playing for the national team kind of late in your career. It was first cap was 26. You didn't, you weren't really in the, the youth setup and, and sort of joined sort of mid, like mid professional career. What was yeah. that? What was that like coming into the, coming into the program sort of in the middle? Um, and you know, how, what, obviously it's wonderful for playing for your country, but just talk about the experiences you've had so far. 
Yeah, it's it was crazy. Like I was in the youth national team until I was like 19, oh, and then I kind of like moved to the states. So, and kind of had a break for that period of like five six years, and then it was kind of like I didn't really know like if I was gonna like try go professional or not after college. Like, did I want to go into like my work life or soccer life and they switched a national team coach and my club coach at the moment said that they were interested in me uh, and I think that like just having that comment from my coach at the time I was like okay why not like this could be for like I mean I'm gonna work my whole life so why not like go for this soccer career mm -hmm. if I am if they like if they were interested in me like the Swedish coach so I think that comment just made me like just like go for it and work even harder I got the call up in I think 2017 and ever since then I'm like I'm I'm right there like I'm in and out kind of like went to the World Cup and then the Olympics and I mean it's so fun representing your country and like play with the best women in the like in the world or against and play with. So I think it's been a great, like great experience and seen so many places in the world. I think that's been really cool. That I, I would say getting a, getting a personal call from a coach saying we want you back in the setup is that's the best way to, <laughs> that's like, all right, well, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah it wasn't, it wasn't on my <laughs> mind at the, at the moment, but that's great. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this year. Not much has gone right so far in 2022. Uh, with the Challenge Cup, uh, both being as long and, and hectic and crazy and condensed as it was at the beginning of your season and also how the final finished and early season fixture congestion. Mm -hmm. What was the mindset from the team at the at the time when the results weren't coming before that big international break? I know, you know, observers are talking about the spirit have gotten hosed on this on the schedule. Chris clearly agrees and his uh, his checking account will probably dictate the fact that he's agreed and uh, the fines have come in a number of times to, to dictate that. But what was the inside the locker room? Are you guys like are you seeing are you seeing that as an excuse? Are you seeing like two games a week every week for for like what seemed like a month and a half as sort of the reasoning or, or every game? You're like, I don't understand why we're not getting points. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's like I don't want to like make excuses, but I think that definitely was like really tough for us. And that uh, we, I felt like we, we fought hard and like, maybe we got like, I mean, we've been losing a lot, but we also tied a lot where some of the games I felt like we, we should have had three points sure. and it's been kind of like that season when everything is just kind of like going against us. Like it'll be post out instead of post in, you know? And I think that month and a half that we had really a lot, it was you, like we never had fresh legs so we kind of like just had to like keep trying and like like we were as hard on, on us ourselves that we could be but I felt like that was when a lot of we had a lot of a lot of injuries too so it was like a tough month and a half where we could not get a lot of points and I think even now when people are back like we we still have a lot of good moments in the game but we maybe have a hard time like kind of like closing the game off and winning the games, which last year was totally the opposite. It is. It's like the karmic rebalance. Like last year, everything yeah. went right. And this year it's like, 
about none of those things going right. And I remember yeah. too talking to Chris at the beginning of the season, sort of in preseason, and he was going through his midfield depth. He's he, he was kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to find minutes for all these players. And we're all like, <laughs> Yeah, I know that, that is that is what it looks like for sure. Uh, he, said, he knew yeah. you know he knew the international break was coming too, but uh, yeah, it is it is. And also the other thing I think that probably had to be a challenge for you guys is that Chris was setting about sort of different different looks, different uh, tactics this year than he did last year, because last year was basically just like, I'm here. Let's get through the season. Let's, we're not, I don't have time to any institute anything new. Was that, do you feel like that learning curve was also part of the struggles? Because in the challenge cup, the, that, that's that crazy uh, forward press that was generating a whole bunch of turnovers and shots on goal was in great effect. Mm-hmm. Were there other elements of the sort of like learning the, ta- like the tactical learning curve, the first half of the season or, if you had to look at it now on the other side of this long break and, and now it's and a schedule release or relief, it was probably more that it was probably just not, just not having, you know, fresh legs at any point. And yeah, I think that time when we had a lot of games, we couldn't really practice either. It was just like getting onto the, like we recovered and then we had another game, but we couldn't really like do a lot of tactical things. And I think now in the summer we could, we have worked more and like, come more together as a team just because we had time to like actually practice together so i think that's part of like maybe not performing well either because we could never really have times together training together it was just like straight into a new game right so i think i think that will help for like the rest of the season i think maybe the only bright side of the international window stealing the majority of the team starters is that the team's depth and young players have gotten a lot of minutes this year, like mm-hmm. more minutes than anybody probably could have expected. Uh, what players have stood out to you as really taking advantage of that time and sort of putting themselves in a good position to challenge and rotation minutes for the rest of this year and then going forward? Yeah, I think that like Amber Brooks, even though she has been in the league a lot, I think she has done really well now in the window. And I also think that Marissa Shiva, she came in now in the break and I've played a lot just coming in. I think she has, she can run forever and like is the type of player that we need in the games. So those two, I think, stood out. Marissa's a great cross with the ball. And, and that, that really yeah. stands out. And Amber has, I feel like, I feel like she's peaking right now. Like the last game at Audi Field, she was a machine. And, yeah, and it's even, she was and it's been the last couple of games before that too. It's like I would, I would, you know, she had the red card to start at the beginning of the year. I think maybe sort of an uneven start, sort of indi- mm-hmm. indicative of the entire team's performance. But now she's certainly cresting upward, which is great since Emily is still uh, still with an injury. So you have yeah. a you have a tall task. I think it would be you know conservative to say for the rest of 2022, basically you have to win out. Um, what's the message from Chris right now? And I'm 100% sure that it's let's take one game at a time. Is it that? <laughs> is that the message? Yeah, I think it is. I haven't really been around like the team the last few weeks, but I definitely think that it's still like a positive vibe because I think we do have a lot of great moments in the game. And I think that Chris have been saying that too, that like the the issues that we had are fixable. So like if we can fix those small little things, uh I think we can start winning games. So I think that's his message too. I assume you saw the last match on TV while you're recovering. That yeah. Was, offense has certainly has arrived. The often the, the cavalry has returned from that perspective. So there, that's half, half of the battle right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
just wrapping up, uh, thank you for taking the time. I do appreciate it. You're just sort of just sort of curious about your future. If as far as we know, I will say as an NWSL fan slash whatever I am, like following the contract and and like cap and stuff is impossible. Like don't I don't even really try. I just hope I find some things on the internet that say when at least a contract is up and for the last thing we saw your contract is up at the end of this year is that right or has there been an, has you been extended yeah. so are you hoping do you have do you have plans are you hoping to extend your stay keeping your options open what's what sort of your headspace as you're heading into the end of the season yeah i mean i i love it here and i think this league is very good and i think that i keep improving as a player and it's tough games like every game is very tough so like i could definitely see myself staying in this league but i also keep my like options open and we'll see where I end up. But I definitely like it here. <laughs> Julia, I got to say, I have now talked to probably 80 of your teammates and you are the best, have the best negotiating answer <laughs> of all the players. <laughs> Every, all the rest of them that were up on contracts, I would ask, sort of ask them that question and they'd be like, I don't really want to play anywhere else. So I'm like, that is not, that's not what you say. <laughs> you don't say that. But I, I, I hope that they're able to come to an agreement. I think you've been, you know, particularly in, in this season where they've needed some veteran experience and, and, and calmness on the ball. Last year, you're fantastic. So I'm hoping they, I'm hoping you return to health and find a way to stay. I have one question from our Patreons. Uh, RJR asks, uh, what do you think, and this is sort of maybe from before you joined uh, as a player, maybe observing it overseas, and then now as you're in it, uh, what do you think about the changes that the NWSL has undergone in the last three years, say, since you, like maybe a year before you, in, in, as you've been here? And what changes would you still like to see, be it sort of on the field, off the field, media coverage, broadcasts? What's, from your perspective as as a player, what, what, uh, what do you think about the things that have gotten better and what still needs to, to change? Yeah, like, to be honest, I, I did not have a lot of, like, I did not know a lot about it before I came here. It wasn't on Twitch then. But, now now you could have watched it for free over there. But now. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely think, like, just within the two years I've been here, like, I think it keeps growing and becoming, like, more and more, like, professional as a, for the teams. Like, where the venues we play at, like, the facilities we train at, and, like, just everything around like are we getting lunch or breakfast provided like I think that can keep improving and even like yeah like the media coverage can it be shown like on a normal channel like because I know people want to watch the games but sometimes it's like where can I find it or is it why is it different every game like I don't want it for people to it's not gonna like I don't want it to be hard for people to watch our games I wanted to have like one subscription on CBS or whatever it will be, but I want it to be easy for people to watch it because I think that's a main thing. It's like it's too hard for people to to always keep up with like what channel is it gonna be on. So right. if that can like keep improving and being more like easy for people to watch, I think that that's a big thing for maybe next year. And like it's such a good league that I think it can like yeah, the sky's the limit. You know? It really is. Uh, the the, yeah. the talent on that talent on the field astounds. And I think to your point, I was thinking I was out for something and I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll watch the game on, I'll watch the game at the bar. There's, if it's an, on an app, if it's on an yeah. app on a streaming service, like a bar is not going to be able to accommodate that. And I feel like that is a, 
baseline hurdle that there's got to be able to find a way to, and I think probably, you know, from a fan perspective, it's probably better all on Paramount plus than it was like some games on like lifetime last year and some mm-hmm. games on. So it's all in one place. It's just a little harder to, yeah. harder to get. And, and, and to your, you know, to your point on the, how great the quality of the field, the quality of the play on the field is, I'm curious about a player's perspective on the league sort of continued need to expand. Obviously it's a very, it's a small league and needs to grow. If you mm-hmm. look, if you compare it to say, it's, hard, it's not, maybe not fair to compare it to MLS because the age discrepancy and how old the leagues are, but clearly yeah, they want to be in more places. And the thought I had was I was watching the uh, OL rain uh, angel city game this weekend and watching the mm-hmm. ball movement, uh, like just like seeing 20 pass runs. And the thing that I was thinking is all these teams, the league is so small. These teams are like, some of them are like super teams. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're just, they're just like every, like uh, every player is an international, uh, just the talent level is so high. And I'm wondering as the ne- as the league needs to grow, just to grow and have more access to different media markets, like a expansion drafts are the worst. For fans and I guess for players, like I don't, I think that at least if it happens in the off season, you can plan for your move. But like, yeah, what 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 do you think about that sort of dual imperative for the league to grow and and, and but also for like the quality of the play to continue to stay just so much better than the rest? Well, I was I would say I'm biased, but competitively very good against the rest of the world. I would say the best, but certainly yeah. at the top. Yeah, for sure. I think that like that can happen. That needs to happen slowly because if you're just going to bring in five new teams one season, it's for sure going to drop. So I'm like very, I'm not surprised, but I think it's very like crazy how the two new teams this year are so good. You know, (laughs) it's just crazy how like suddenly two new teams and they're in the top. I feel like that doesn't really happen anywhere else in the world. So I think that's really cool that they can keep, like they can put two new teams in every year and can we still keep it on that level? It's going to be interesting to see, but I think the athleticism and like the way the league is, um, how do you say like it's every year is getting better. I think it's really, it's really fun to be a part of that. And I mean, the younger players that come in like from college that they're so good. I feel like that's a good way to start to bring in all the talented young girls and, keep having all the senior players still like forming the league. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's good. They have, that is an advantage for that. Like for the United States, the the college program is so good that it's basically like a farm system that mm-hmm. builds you a big talent pool versus maybe, you know, a country where women's football is a little bit more behind. So there's some, some teams have academies, others don't. And it's more of a, you know, it's a, it's a, Harder find now. They're you're just be able to recruit and find and draft. But yeah, that's a good point. And last question for you. This is like a fan annoyance, and I don't know why I asked this question after the last month and a half. Do you think the NWSL should always shut down during international tournament tournaments? If even if it extended the season, or maybe yeah, I guess it would have to extend the season. But like, what what's your take on how long how the league sort of runs through almost every except the World Cup? tournament and uh like from a fan from from a player's perspective but also maybe from like a product work uh, product on the field perspective yeah like i coming from sweden i thought that was really weird that we continue to play because i've never seen that before like play you know playing in sweden but uh what's 
sad about it is that like some teams like we lost a lot of players over the break and like some teams maybe no don't but what's good about it is that a lot of players that maybe don't get a lot of playing time the rest of the year actually get to play a lot and get to like prove themselves to the coaches so I think that's good but it's also hard to like have that like I don't know how many games we play about four or five games and it could be like really like maybe we won't make the playoffs because of that or you know so it could mm-hmm. I think it should shut down just because the rest of the world does that but uh, just it, it's also like a good thing that a lot of players get to play so I, I'm like kind of like yeah I don't it, really know what it is a double it, it's, but... a, it's a double-edged sword for sure I, this is my my theory yeah. Is that if they're gonna make you continue to play from a team perspective, for every international player that you have taken, you get like an additional budget amount to your roster that season, so you can sign like your depth. Mm-hmm. You can sign more experience depth or whatever it is. There's got to be a fix because, like you said, it's a competitive imbalance situation. Yeah, to have some te- like it's weird where it becomes an advantage to not have international players on your team. It's actually good to not have. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird. It's for certainly weird. Yeah. Julia, thank you so much for taking all this time. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, I hope your recovery continues to pace. I hope we can see you back at Audi uh, in the coming month, uh, weeks, month, whenever it is for the, before the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Julia. You can find her on Instagram at Julia and Rotter, and you can find her hopefully pretty soon back on the field for the Washington spirit. Uh, If you want to support the show and get this interview a lot earlier than the general public, check us out on patreon.com slash RFK refugees. You'll get uh, interviews that are exclusive and and, uh, to to the Patreon five days earlier than everybody else. So if you want to get those earlier uh, and you, if you also want to make sure that your questions get asked and answered, that's the way to do it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show and we'll catch you next Monday uh, on twitch.tv slash RFK refugees at 830.